I guess the best advice that I can give to anybody who's wanting to shoot in a more advanced way is to not stop at the obvious, like to keep mm -hmm. on going past that and to ask yourself, how else can I shoot this? How many different ways mm -hmm. can I shoot in this light? And how many different ways mm -hmm. can I show this action in a different way that I've never seen before? You are listening to the Filming Life Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Holmes, founder and lead educator at the Filming Life Academy, the largest online community of family filmmakers in the world, where I teach photographers how to switch over to video and create meaningful story-driven films with confidence. Joining me is my co-host, Allison Redman, community leader for the Filming Life Academy and lead educator of our extremely popular sound design course. Together, we give you an inside look at what's happening inside the Filming Life Academy, along with tips and tricks that you can use right away to elevate your work as a filmmaker. If you're not already a member, but you want to be, you can sign up to the Academy over at filminglifeacademy.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, Courtney here for another episode of the Filming Life Podcast. I've got Allison Redman with me here today. Hey, Allison. <laughs> Hey guys, how are you? It's been so long. I feel like it has been long. <laughs> I am emerging. I'm okay. My kids are in school for an hour and 15 minutes a day. So I'm like celebrating life. <laughs> uh, least one life. That's good. It's, it's an hour and 15 minutes of beauty. So I'm uh, getting a lot of work done in that amount of time and just <laughs> learning to chill after how many months have we been in distance learning? Oh my goodness. Mm, yeah. It's like a sigh of relief after a lot of crazy, even though it's just a short amount of time. It's, it's like, I'm just so grateful for it. So and I know there's a lot of our um, listeners are probably in the same boat, kind of getting back into school or maybe getting out of school. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of crazy in the world. So I'm with you if you're out there and you <laughs> are in the trenches. I feel yeah. you on that. Yeah. How have you been? Well, you know, we're lucky here. I feel like Australia is really handling it all well. And, um, you know, the biggest thing for me is obviously not getting to see my family. But apart from mm. that, you know, um, been pretty good we are it's coming into summer here and so we're gonna have I think it's six or eight weeks off of mm. school over the summer break and you know that just always feels weird because it's Christmas at the same time so right um, <laughs> mm, I still haven't adjusted and I've been here for like 12 years I think <laughs> so um usually Christmas consists of like you know barbecues and swimming and beaches and I'm excited about it um because you know we've got a few new things planned and um I wish we were in our new house. house but we won't be <laughs> so mm. we it's, you know it's our last last year here at this house and um yeah. that's not sentimental but it's <laughs> uh <laughs> it's just I think making it feel like it's closer to being over and being in the new house. So it's just like getting through Christmas and then it'll only be a couple months until we move into our new house. So that's really exciting. In the spring? Mm. Is it in the spring not, you'll be moving? It's not spring because it's not spring here. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, the uh, <laughs> fall. <laughs> in the fall. Yeah. In the fall. In the fall, in the fall that's right. in part. <laughs> when we're friends 10 years, I will get this season's things correct. But... <laughs> It's going to oh. take me a while. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So that's the plan anyway. Um, been, been pretty good. Other, other than that, um, just sort of waiting 
I'm feeling pretty prepared for Christmas. Are you feeling prepared for Christmas? Or are no. you like, no? Gosh, no. I, no. But we do have a long school holiday too. So I am very much looking forward to that and yeah. not having to worry about school stuff. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the episode. So this yes. episode is going to be, um, we decided that we wanted to talk about and really focus on a, a details slash mm-hmm. B-roll episode. Yes. Um, so if you're new to filmmaking, if you're listening and you're new, you might be like, what is B-roll? Um, so B-roll is like that supplemental footage. Um, Mm -hmm. it's the footage that gives you a, uh, more information about the story. It adds to the story. It enhances the story. It really fills out the story. Um, Mm -hmm. oftentimes it'll tell you about where you are. Um, B-roll comes from a term where they used to have what was called a roll and then that was like the main footage and then they would overlay or cut b-roll over the top of it so you would cut away to the b-roll and then come back to the a-roll and mm-hmm. cut away to the b-roll and so you know we kind of I, I guess we probably use the term b-roll and details interchangeably um right but they and they are very similar um and so this episode is not necessarily to explain what it is, but really to just talk right. about, you know, how we use it and um, just some tips and ideas for you to take away and um, mm-hmm. and use in your work. So mm-hmm. that's what this episode is going to be about. Um, yeah, I'm excited about this because it, it uh, not only for when you're shooting, but also for when you're editing, like it's, mm-hmm. it's crucial to not only shoot it, but then when you're editing, you have to have it to craft whatever story it is that you're telling and the way that you've shot it when you were shooting, whatever you were shooting, the way that you shot it matters because that impacts how you are going to splice it into your edit and the Mm -hmm. way that you tell your story in your edit. So we're kind of going to dive into that today. I think we have, um, I'd love to even walk through a scene with you guys and how we're going to approach that. And then how we approach a client film versus a personal film with filming details. And maybe this is, you're thinking, Oh, but this is such a basic concept, but I think it's something that we can always improve upon. And so that's what we want to kind of explore today is no matter where you are, there's room to improve how you do this and the story you're trying to tell using details and B-roll. So yeah, definitely. All right. So I had a thought, um, I was thinking about considering like a memory or something in my life that's important. And when I think back on like a memory of my childhood, it's interesting to me that the things in that memory that stick out are oftentimes the details of that memory. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and we posed this question kind of in the network this past week in the Filming Life Network where where we all hang out and chat films. And um, I, once I was thinking about, I saw this picture, this is how this all came up. I saw a picture of, that my mom had posted on Facebook of me making biscuits with my grandmother. Um, and I must've been like six or five. I don't know. It's, it's a really old picture, but I'm like <laughs> naked with a, like a apron on and there's like flour everywhere. And I'm in my grandma's kitchen and we're just baking biscuits together. And, um, and I remember that. I remember that. And I remember 
the flour. I remember that it was hot because this is, I grew up in Malaysia and we didn't have air conditioning in the houses. I remember like the windows are open and it's hot air and the oven is probably on. And I remember there being flour in my fingers and I remember it being sticky and I remember her voice. Um, and it's funny when I'm telling you all these things, what are you hearing me say? All those little things. They're details, right? They're all details. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, I don't, I don't remember what she said and I don't remember why we were making biscuits, but, um, I remember the details of that scene. And if I were to have filmed that scene, or if somebody were to have filmed that, they probably would be be capturing all those little things that I just said, the flower on the fingers, the, um, the, you know, the windows are open. And so there's that movement of wind and the heat from outside and inside and the oven being on and probably some conversation there, but that love that's also there in all of those details, that's, what's going to make that scene special. Um, so anyway, I say that to bring up the fact that when we are crafting stories and when we're shooting for our clients or when we're shooting for our own personal films, details matter. And the details are where the story often is. And I love that so much. Um, So that's kind of where we wanted to start off this whole talk about is when you're crafting a story, um, the details are so, so, so important. That B-roll is is huge. Mm. It's it's crucial. Mm. It's interesting too, like when you talk about that and you describe all of that, um, I think one of the things that makes the biggest difference is the way in which we, as the filmmaker, frames it, frames those details, Mm. Um, Mm. the composition that we choose, the decision for focal length, the decision for how close we get um, into those details. And so, you know, if I am just listening to you describe that and I don't mm-hmm. know, I, I don't have the experience that I have, I'm new. Right. I might think I could shoot all of that wide and it would still do the same thing, but imagine that really close. That's mm-hmm. what makes a difference. Being able to really be up in that detail to Mm. experience that in a really close and intimate way makes such a huge difference to the way that that feels and the way that that comes across to your viewers when they're watching the film playback. I love that. So what lenses are you using when you're filming a scene that perhaps is a cooking scene, um, which often happens when we're filming families. Mm -hmm. So they're in the kitchen making pancakes or they're making, you just put a film out yesterday. It was gorgeous of the family was outside making pizzas in their, their garden patio. I mean, that was amazing. Lots of details in that. How are you approaching that with focal length? You know, lately, um, well, I used to always shoot on a 35 and lately I have been loving shooting with a 50 because mm-hmm. it allows me to get in just a little bit closer um, and get in on those details without necessarily <laughs> interfering too much in right. the action. Being um, up in their space. <laughs> Because when what I have, and this kind of um, relates to a question that we're going to have later on, but when I I have found that as when I'm filming older kids, sometimes Mm -hmm. when I get really close to them, they turn to me and they look directly at the camera and start showing me things. (laughs) Show and tell time. Show and tell. I, I have really started embracing a 50 
because it allows me to get that close and intimate um, without having to physically be so close and intimate and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know so um that's what i that's what i what about you um i i use a 50 with my lens baby a lot now with my client films and yeah i love that too sometimes if I'm, i've been shooting for <laughs> 35 long enough i'm like whoa <laughs> like it just yeah, yeah it's it'll hit you in the face um a lot of the homes that i tend to shoot in are really on the smaller side so i think i don't gravitate to the 50 as much as you do um but it's there i use it um more outside actually um so yeah to capture details and to give a little bit more intimacy. I've been using the 50 in, um, I mean, like I shot the, there was a session that I did in a hotel room Mm. that was entirely with a 50. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting because I think, you know, I used to think that too, like, um, that I wouldn't choose a 50 because the room is too small, but Mm -hmm. it's actually that, I like it because I want to be in even closer. Mm. Um, so I'm less likely to get as many pull back shots um, right. as that maybe I used to. So I think it just depends on, you know, whether like I'm just using less wide shots than I, than I used to, I will make sure that I get a few, but I can usually step through a doorway or, um, you know, step like open up, um, the doors to outside or something like that to get mm-hmm. that if I need to, but mm-hmm. I'm really finding I'm doing that kind of less and less. So, um, the other lens that I've been using and loving is a 28 to 70. And yes. I love getting in the 70, like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that getting in that close is mm-hmm. something else. Like that's really great. And then that, I still get the option of a 28. Yes. So, that's like the best of all the worlds, except it's really big. It's about the size of my head. So yeah, that one, I, I use that one a lot for my photo or the twenty four seventy for my photo shoots. And I love it, but it's heavy. <laughs> Very heavy and hard to film with. Mm-hmm. But stabilization. It's worth it. It's mine's mm-hmm. got inbuilt stabilization, which helps. But But I am really like consciously thinking about the, uh, the type of detail that I want to capture, um, and specifically the focal length and, you know, how close I'm going to get up in that detail. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I notice a lot with newer filmmakers, Mm -hmm. um, something that I comment on a lot, I see happening a lot is they will show a clip, let's say, um, kind of, I guess, moving into like topics and ideas of things, actions and scenes people are doing, but you know, yeah, they might start out with a kid and that kid's playing in the water and we mm-hmm. see, we see usually what people show me or show the viewer is they film the thing the kid's doing with their hands. Mm. Um, and so that's great. Like getting that, capturing that, whatever it is that the kid's doing with their hands, but oftentimes then they kind of move away from that. And then it's just, it moves on to the next thing. And I keep trying to, well, one of the things that I suggest to people is anytime that you're showing me a detail of what a child is doing, show me a detail of that child's reaction and their facial expression and the way that they are experiencing that because I can't actually understand what they're feeling 
mm. just based on what they're doing with their hands. I want to see the at that you know, the response on their face as well. So, or the parents response as they're, as the child, if they're nearby the kid and they're interacting with whatever the detail is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, I will, I, I just see that a lot. And so if that's something that you find yourself doing and, you realize, oh, like I do that too. That's something, that's a tip for you to add to what you're already doing and think a little bit differently about how you're approaching that type of action. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the more that I like, and I love getting in close on that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, the hand, I feel like people really gravitate towards recording those hands doing whatever it is that they're doing. It's just, they forget then to get the face. So just remember to get the face and same thing. Like you just said, the reaction and the parent's reaction. And you know, if they're, if you're getting a child's reaction to something or a child saying something to someone, get that person's reaction immediately, just like flip yourself, shoot Mm -hmm. it. And, um, at least then you have it. So, and you don't even have to, um, cut the clip. You can just keep that rolling Mm -hmm. and move your camera up or move Mm -hmm. it to the side, wherever the reaction would be. I think a lot of times we're like, okay, got that clip done. Next clip. Like just keep, if it's an organic moment, there's no need to splice it. You can do that afterwards in editing, right? You don't have to just keep it rolling. Recording. Yeah. Right. I think I can hear somebody, I can hear people in the audience saying, um, okay, so get the reaction, get the detail, but this kid is three and they moved too quickly to the next thing already. Um, so let's address that. How do we tell our families to lean into scenes a little bit longer if there's an option to do so? Cause yeah, it is hard when kids are young and they're moving from thing to thing to thing. So what would you say to that? Well, what would you say to that? I would say, <laughs> I, t- I tell my families, the, we are not in a rush. Um, I don't know if they often always listen, but I do communicate that. There's no rush here. This is this incredible, beautiful time that you have without tech, without whatever, to just be with your kids and focus on each other. So take your time in whatever it is that you're doing with your children. Um, Breathe, Mm -hmm. play, you know, just be. And I think their uh, parents, you know, kids feed off of that energy of parents. And if the parents are in the moment, hundred percent, the kids are going to be in the moment with them hundred percent. And I think sometimes that's harder for some parents. Absolutely. No questions, but um, taking longer with things is always a better thing. Cause then that allows you as the filmmaker to, to get the reaction, to get the detail, to explore the story of what that scene is. And I think in the big picture, we want to be not telling that the kid played with magnetiles. That's not the story, is it? The story is that there's love in this family and this kid is a creative child and look what they built and look how excited mom and dad or the kid was about that and that connection that's happening there. That's the story Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times. And that's what I think I want to be showing in a film, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I would say to that that person. For the three-year-old though, I think that's hard no matter what. Like you can't yes. tell a three-year-old to slow down. So, right. <laughs> um, you know, I definitely agree with that in terms of like how, how best to prep people. And we have a whole podcast episode on that, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, prepping people to know what to expect. And, and I think that that usually shows. I don't ever really tell people 
I guess it is in my client guide to slow down, but I don't directly say slow down because I worry mm. that people yeah. are going to, yeah, be like looking at me like, okay, are you ready for us to move on? Now? <laughs> you know, like, I don't want that. So no. it's a tricky balance, isn't it? It is. Um, so yeah, I think that just keeping um, in mind that if you have the opportunity while a child is doing something to film the hands and then film the face, try and do it. But if you miss it, then you miss it and just move on and Mm -hmm. life continues. Right. Let's maybe talk about how we even know what we're capturing in, um, let's, let's go with a client family. So what is it that you're using to help you even know what's important to this family from the get go? We're not talking about the nitty gritty of the scene right now. What, how do you, how are you even clued into what's going on and what you're going to capture details wise with this family? Well, so client questionnaires, obviously the um, responses that I get from people helps guide me towards making choices when I'm there in the moment. And if I feel like, I mean, and the client, so my questionnaire will ask, you know, for some specific characteristics of your child that you love. Mm -hmm. I can't guarantee I'm going to capture everything, but if I can, I will. Right. So one of them, a lot of times, you know, will be like physical features, like uh, freckles and hair and hands or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so if I know that that those specific things are important, then I'll try and make sure I capture them. And, um, if there's, you know, like a specific saying that someone says or a Mm -hmm. song that they all love singing together, or, uh, I was at a session the other day and one of the things was, um, like one of the details, specific details that she wanted captured was her son playing the saxophone. And so, I, instead of like going wide with that and getting, I mean, I did go wide and I did get a full body, but I really focused on like his fingers playing Mm -hmm. the keys and then his mouth and his eyes and just like that while he was playing. And so I feel, you know, like it was just taking those things from the questionnaire and um, figuring out how I can use them in the right way to help me decide on what details specifically to capture. Mm -hmm. But then also then when I'm there, I'm going beyond that. What about you? Right. (laughs) I agree with you. I always think it's interesting how oftentimes they, I always notice the parents with curly haired kids are always like, Oh, I love their hair. It's curly. You know, they, they're just those little details that, um, I know as a mom, it, I would want that in my own film, which you, by the way, captured for us. (laughs) But, um, I love, I love finding that I do. I do make sure that I'm clear with them that I try my best to capture it, um, in the film or in the photos that they're getting as well. Um, I did a film for, um, a family in Austin last year, Alex Gajetska. And, um, she specifically said, I love the way that my daughter, when she gets really excited, she moves her arms like this. And I love the way that my son's hair is just blonde and wispy and he's so tanned and he's curly. And, 
and that. And, you know, you don't know what, if the kids are going to be dressed that day, you don't know if they're going to be out, you don't know what you're going to be doing, but that clues you into the fact that those things are important to that family. So you're going to capture it, whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're lucky and the girl does that little funny thing with her arms, you're going to include it, even if it's, um, because that's the kind of thing that you don't know if it's coming, you know, it's not, yeah. you can't just tell the kid, Hey, can you do that thing that your mom said in her questionnaire? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the beauty of the questionnaire is that it clues you in to be aware of it. And so that you're ready to capture it when it comes. Um, mm-hmm. um, but it also makes it, it's just a lot. I feel like it's a lot of responsibility, that questionnaire too. Like mm-hmm. I go in and I'm like, I read it in the car actually, I've read it, of course, before, and we've talked yeah. about it via a video or a, a phone call, chat, or whatever. But the, right before I get out of the car, I read through the questionnaire again just to like refresh in my head. Okay, this kid has this, and this is important. Mm-hmm. And okay, if that happens, I am ready for it. It's just a new little little refresher in my head to look for it. Um, so if you don't do that, definitely refresh in the car before you get to the family. That helps me out a lot. Yeah. Um, so those are, I think we're talking details in physical things. How, let's talk more bigger details like um, environment and how that, how you can be shooting that in a session. Um, how would you approach that in a film for you that maybe has more of an environmental aspect to it? Uh, well, so there, a very good example would be your film. Um, mm-hmm. where Agreed. The- <laughs> where the location was very significant and um you know it was really very much about setting the scene to begin with um and so I opened with the birds the bird flying in and then flying away and I think so much of it also like when you're in the session is noticing some of these things like you don't Yes. I mean, like you have to, and and it's honestly really hard to do. I think I was able to do it so well with your family because I felt like, I mean, because I already knew you so well. So I wasn't as concerned with worrying that I might forget something or not capture Mm -hmm. something. I also had the, the wonderful, um, luxury of time as well so you know like a full day session yeah that makes such a huge difference when you have that much time to shoot you are not worried at all about you know missing things because (laughs) there's plenty of time to capture lots of stuff um (laughs) you know for your for that film the outdoors was a really big part of the story in that film, it's almost like it was its own character. And so I, I wanted to make sure that, um, I was capturing details of the environment and your stay there. Um, like having the kids coats hanging up on those pegs and, um, like the boots and shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you would go hiking every day and, Um, so, you know, those kinds of details that really made up the story of your whole time there, that's what I was really thinking. I was trying to make a film that, that, you know, as best as I could with the amount of time that I had tell a story of what the experience was like for you guys. And the location was such a big part of that. Um, what's interesting is I didn't put in my, you, I filled out a questionnaire for you. Um, I remember doing that and I, you definitely didn't ask like, <laughs> what is it about being in New Zealand that you love? I don't, I, you, you know, it was a, it was your normal questionnaire and, and 
but you tuned in when you got there. Like you said, you noticed. That's the key there, isn't it? You yeah. noticed. Yeah. I mean, you knew we had been there a couple of weeks at that point, but yeah. you know, you took the time to notice that we had a spot for the shoes and yeah. we had this here and that this was important because we did this every day. And so I didn't have to tell you to do that. You clued in and, and were intuitive enough to do that and to shoot that. Mm. The fire was another detail that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I knew that that's something you guys did every single day. And, um, I really wanted to open and close the film with that. And, um, show that in a, in real detail. And that was like the only time I've ever used 120 frames per second. Um, and that <laughs> was it looked awesome. It, does, it looks like liquid. <laughs> I really, I need to do that again. I need to shoot that frame. Again. Um, but yeah. And so it, it's really enjoyable. I always have this like internal thing where I'm like, is it a detail or is it B-roll? Because I feel like they're two different things. You can, you know, one can be, uh. one can be like a detail can be B-roll, but yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I feel like they, yeah. So <laughs> they overlap. <laughs> they do. So, you know, oftentimes when I was thinking about um, details of a moment, during your session that, you know, would be like tied in with a story. So like feeding the tiny pony, the pony. Yes. Pony. It was a pony, right? I don't don't know. I'm a city girl. It wasn't a horse. It was a tiny, it was a a miniature, miniature, miniature something. This is is very embarrassing. (laughs) embarrassing. Um, So, you know, like that wouldn't be, I wouldn't consider that B-roll, but I got in really close because I Mm. wanted to really feel, I wanted the viewer to really feel, and I wanted you guys to remember what that felt like. And, um, and, but whereas like there was a moment where we had climbed the top of the, the mini hills that we climbed and, (laughs) and, you know, everybody is standing out. At, at that top of that. And I wanted to show from your eyes what you were seeing. Right. Um, and so, and I would consider that like big landscape shot where the bird just conveniently flies through, you know, <laughs> you and you're like the bird whisperer. Have you noticed that you have an extraordinary amount of birds in your films? And I'm like, I've never shot a bird. The birds just go to Courtney. (laughs) No, they come to you. I think they call, I think you have like a, it's like catnip on your camera, right? (laughs) But birds. (laughs) Birds and planes and helicopters. Yes. Planes and helicopters. So I'm starting my next, the film I'm working on now starts with a plane. (laughs) Yeah. And Jill's, right? Yeah. 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 Jill's, Jill's had a helicopter. Um, yeah, I just like things flying in the air, but (laughs) that was a landscape, you know, that was a big landscape shot B-roll that, um, also then sort of tied the story together. So yeah, that's, I don't know if I answered your question, but there you go. No, you did. I think, I think the awareness there is that details aren't just physical features of children and it's not even just, I mean, I know all of us, if we shoot the things around the house that the mom said, Oh, this is an antique. This is a picture I like. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. It's also the details in the the larger scene of if you're not, maybe you're in the home, but maybe you're also outside and maybe there are trees that are special or landscaping or whatever. There's, yeah. there's more to it. And just being noticing is the key. Yeah. Noticing, noticing and then, is such yeah. the biggest, that is like the key 
to all of it. The key to mm-hmm. getting details that even matter is noticing. It's not, it's mm-hmm. noticing when someone has a reaction to something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's asking questions. And I'm like, I talk about this in my course a lot, but, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about it like layers, like an onion where you're kind of peeling mm-hmm. back, you know, you're starting with this questionnaire, but it doesn't end with the questionnaire. When you're there, you're asking questions and you're really learning about the family. Um, mm-hmm. And learning about what's significant, like the Gonder family film that I put out recently, that mango tree that the whole film kind of centers around, that is hugely Mm -hmm. important to them, that Mm -hmm. that tree. So, you know, it's, it's just asking questions and noticing and observing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Curious. Hmm. I love that. And I think the families, I mean, it's, it's an investment, what we're doing for them into the, the preserving their history. So they're willing to talk with you about this. They're like yeah. I said, just like with, they are, they're going to want to tell you that this is important and they're going to want to explain why to you if that's a value to them. So, mm-hmm. um, don't feel bad about breaking the whatever wall and talking with them because it's okay. Like it just makes it more comfortable and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So Tell me about uh, the physical shooting of details. Let's kind of switch gears here. Mm-hmm. So um, whether I'm new or not, I think this is always a good refresher, but just physically shooting D- B-roll can be a problem for stabilization. So let's talk a little bit about just some basic tips for that kind of thing. What would you suggest? Um, well, I always do use a higher frame rate. Like that's, <clears throat> I'm always... Whether I keep it at that or not, like whether I slow it down or not, um, I may not slow it down, but pretty much I am going to shoot it at a high frame rate so that I can slow it down. And that always helps me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it just looks a little bit, a little bit smoother. Um, especially, right. <laughs> and it also like draws it out. So, uh, you know, if it's like leaves blowing in the wind or a tree mm-hmm. or... Um, any kind of detail that I just want to make it last longer using a higher frame mm-hmm. rate so that I can slow it down would be one thing. Um, also keeping like really subtle movement, not trying mm. to move, not trying to go too fast. I think I see this a lot. I see this a lot. I see <laughs> lots of like panning and, you know, fast panning, fast panning. Yeah. We're not, we're not going for whiplash. We're going yeah. for <laughs> smooth subtle. it out, smooth it out. Keep it, keep it slow and steady shift your weight. Mm. Mm. Um, do you have a tendency to go left to right or left to, or right to left when you do a panning movement? Do you have like a personal tendency? Um, I do because I think about it like reading a book and I tend yeah. to go left to right. Um, Same. and I try to, usually not do too many changes because I don't, because I want the movement to be fairly consistent if I'm putting two together. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like to just swivel around sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) You mean like in the shot and then keep it in? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. I like shift my weight and then I just like shift it back. I don't know. It's a swivel. I like how you're shifting your screen right now. I know. <laughs> if only you could see me, listeners. <laughs> a better idea. It's, you look like you're slow dancing on the screen. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it feels like when I'm shooting. <laughs> so, so here's a question: um, when you're when you're shooting and 
um, the B-roll is stagnant itself. So, or the detail that you're shooting is stagnant. Um, how do you feel about that? A picture frame or even better. This is one that bugs me. The picture frame doesn't bug me because the picture frame doesn't have potential to move. What does bug me is like a tree leaf that doesn't, that isn't moving because it's not windy that day. How do you feel? Okay. Branch. (laughs) Smack it. (laughs) That's fantastic. I love that so much. The client is like watching you and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) I will say I don't have this problem very often. Um, but I do like very much prefer wind to, you know, anything else. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I tend to prefer instead of like camera movement necessarily, a rack focus on Mm -hmm. to things that are still that's a great idea Mm. yeah because I I think I see that a lot people want to do the foliage and the sunlight through the foliage but it's just a not windy day and so and we're in a medium of video Mm -hmm. okay this is not taking a picture and so and there are not ideal situations I can name 16 of my films that I have done this in so I'm not yeah not criticizing here because um but it, video is a medium of movement. And so I think that's something you have to keep in mind with B-roll. Um, if you can, you, if there is movement in the B-roll itself, it's going to look just a little bit better, mm-hmm. a tree leaf moving versus a tree leaf not moving. I yeah. mean, if I'm given a choice, I'm going to go with the one moving. Um, and that's just one example, but just keep that in mind always. It's a movement based medium. So yeah. if there isn't movement, then rack focus is a great option. Um, or hitting the branch is a great option. <laughs> Why not? There we go. <laughs> I love it. Um, so how do we, uh, I want to talk about somebody who maybe is looking for a little bit more advanced of um, a thought process into detail and B-roll. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how we, we love the idea of being a little bit less literal in our um, storytelling and in our shooting of B-roll. And so how do you, how do you tell a story less literally with B-roll? Um, oh, what's an example of B-roll that we, you know, that that can tell us something without actually telling us something? I'm thinking of like shadows um, or light. It can be helpful. I'm trying to think of an example, which is like not in my like head right now. Kylie <laughs> is the queen of this. Like she's mm-hmm. really good at this. Her like latest films. film. Yeah. Um, I... You know, well, like you said, shadows, uh, reflections, mm-hmm. um, flipping things upside down is fun. Mm. Um, what else? In a way that, uh, you know, I, I feel like, uh, sorry, go ahead. I, no, I was, I don't think it has to be too complicated. I think, let's go with shadows. So your family is walking you don't have to show their legs walking. You can show the shadow of the sun against the street instead of the legs, or you can shoot through the trees um, and shoot it in an angle so that you're not just showing their faces as they're walking. How can you shoot these details in a unique and creative way? That's just a little bit, takes it to the next level, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, So yeah, I like light and shadow for that. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, in reflections, I mean, I'm trying to think of like the film I'm working on right now. There was a clip. I don't know whether I'll use it or not, but there is a scene where they were sitting in and they were playing a card game at the Mm -hmm. table. And I felt like I had shot that card game as best as I could. Like (laughs) I'd run out of ways to shoot it. And so, you know, I always ask myself like, how else can I shoot this? How else can I capture the details of this moment? And I noticed they had tile floors and the floors are like glossy. And so there was a reflection on the floor and shadows as well like a shadow reflection kind of yeah I love um, that. and I just aimed the camera at that and framed it nicely and um then I shot that and I waited to I, here's the other key too like it's not enough to just shoot that you need to also get a good moment of that so if you were mm. shooting a shadow you need to make sure like there needs to be either movement or some sort of moment so I waited until like I had a profile of one of the boys and then he like pointed with his finger. Ah, and so that's that. the moment. So, you know, it's just, I guess, um, thinking of ways, you know, what's just another way. The most, I guess the best advice that I can give to anybody who's wanting to shoot in a more advanced way is to not stop at the obvious, like to keep mm-hmm. on going past that and to ask yourself, how else can I shoot this? How many different ways can I shoot in this light? And how many different ways can I show this action in a different way that I've never seen before? Mm-hmm. I love that you waited too. I think that's really important in, in what you just said too. You didn't, you weren't so, um, I gotta do this. And like you, you got what you needed and then you waited. Yeah. You set yourself up, you composed well, you had everything right. And then you waited for a moment. Um, and that's, that's key because that's going to make whatever that ends up being interesting to watch. And a part of that story really well. I like that. It's good. Watch. I probably uh, want to use it in this. <laughs> we're all going to be looking for it. <laughs> Don't hold me to it, people. It may not happen. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Shall we talk about um, crafting a details-themed film? Yeah, sure. So for the six film challenge, we've got a number. We've got our members have been challenged to create a film just for details, and um, that's really exciting. We've never done a theme like this before, and it's just kind of it's really specific of a theme, and I kind of love that. And I don't know where they're going to take it, but we gave them a couple of really interesting example films to help inspire them, and then we've given them a few tips. And so we wanted to kind of talk about those tips, and it'll help hopefully you guys to uh, craft putting details into your film, but also if you want to create a film just about details, how you can do that. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that we suggest is planning and storyboarding and how important that is to um, crafting a film such as this one. Um, and can you explain maybe storyboarding and how that, how that looks for this kind of a film? Oh, let's see. I would probably, I mean, it really depends on where you're going with your theme. So Mm-hmm. But storyboarding essentially is planning out the story in advance. <laughs> that sounds so obvious. Right. So yeah. um, you can do this with photos or you can even just like write it out. Um, you might right. you know, write your shot list of that. You might take photos beforehand of it so that you can sort of, you know, 
put it all out in a grid and see what that might look like all together. Um, and one thing about storyboarding is, is that it's really just a, a guide. It doesn't have to be that that's all you shoot. You can mm-hmm. shoot more than that, but I think it's a great way to plan out how, like exactly what you're going to shoot, what you need for those shots and maybe even why you're mm-hmm. doing it in the first place. So what, what story are all of these detailed shots telling overall? Um, Mm -hmm. that's what your storyboard is really going to help you do. So we um, had a member on the filming life network this week, say that she was going to do a Christmas related details film. And she listed like seven or eight different details that she's already thought about. I'm going to be capturing this and this little detail and this about all around the Christmas holiday. Mm -hmm. And so she's already got a storyboard in her head. Um, and I'm sure she'll be fleshing that out more because that wasn't technically a storyboard, but she's already got the basics of it, the, the, the ground foundation of it. And then you just explore that. And then when you come to shooting it, you've got some, somewhere to put each of your shots. And so it's got a plan for you. Um, yeah, yeah. So it kind of works. A storyboard really helps you then decide and determine on a shot list that you need. And so, um, you know, and look, if you're the kind of person who doesn't like planning, you don't have to plan it out, but it can really help you solidify some sort of an idea for your mm-hmm. film. We have such a wide range of people in our uh, academy who members who like really like to be organized and then people who just really like to shoot it as it, as it happens. And so, <laughs> um, you know, ultimately do what feels right for you. If all you need to do is write down a shot list of ideas that you want to do, that's also enough too. So I think the main thing yeah. is just planning ahead and thinking ahead so that you you have something in mind, um, that you're going to do. So, and I think too, like when it comes to details, again, I just want to reiterate getting in close, like really getting in Mm. close, getting closer, maybe than you think you need to (laughs) get in close, especially if you're someone who tends to shoot wide a lot, get in really Mm -hmm. close, just see Mm -hmm. how different it feels. It feels so amazing. And it's, yeah, it's really good. The same member, uh, I don't know if you saw this, she was like, I think I'm going to use a macro lens. I was like, oh, I had never even thought about that. Yeah, they're really how that goes. But yeah. Right. But I love that she was like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try something new. I'm like, yes, that's amazing. (laughs) That's awesome. So I love the idea when you're thinking about doing a details film, excuse me, of uh, using a voiceover and you've got pieces and details. And so finding a way to connect to those together in your storyboarding, or maybe you're not storyboarding, maybe you're just trying to find a way to connect this all together, whatever the theme is that you've chosen. A voiceover does that so beautifully and so efficiently, and it adds such a level of emotion. So you can record yourself, you can record a child, you could record a poem, you could record lots of different ideas, but something that's going to connect and weave a thread through all the various details um, telling whatever that story is, it's such an efficient and wonderful and easy way to make that. It's like the icing on the cake that just holds it all together. Um, and you, you're like, I couldn't have made this film without a voiceover when you're done with it. Uh, and also, um, gosh, one day I really want to like do a poem voiceover, but I think mm. that I, I swear there's places where you can get things like this. Like, or if you're not comfortable talking, like say you have a poem in mind, mm-hmm. like yeah. you could ask someone else to record it. Mm-hmm. Um, or 
feel like this might be something, I don't want to say this out loud, but maybe there's something online that you could get. I don't know. I feel like I've seen this before (laughs) and surely, you know, it's not their voices. Like it's somebody else. Uh, I know they do this with celebrities. Like you can pay a celebrity to like say happy birthday to your mom. And you? But you're not talking about that. I'm yes. not talking yeah. about that, but that's a Yes. My friend here had Dick Van Dyke say, like, happy birthday to his mom. That's not creepy at all. That's so funny. Uh, well, okay. But anyway, a voiceover. I totally agree. I think it would be great to add that. Just oh, voiceovers add so much emotion. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I think we, we would suggest, I mean, really, we always suggest thinking about your music, but in this case, because it's a film that maybe isn't necessarily as much about people, it might be more things in your life, um, consider your music choice heavily. Maybe go with something more ambient or cinematic or piano or guitar, um, something maybe a little more subtle and pretty and not too long would be our suggestion too. you know, keep it on the shorter side. Um, I I think that focuses your thoughts and it keeps you um, grounded in what the story is efficiently in a beautiful way. So just be careful about those things. Yeah. Those are, and can you think of anything else? I feel like that's a good set of three tips. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So real quick, one last thing I wanted to just real quickly say when we're using details and then we think about editing with them, um, just real quick, quick, can we hit on how we use that in the editing process? Mm -hmm. So you've got your film, you've got your details film or your family film, client film, whatever it is. Um, How are you using details um, and B-roll to influence how you're editing? in your, like the physical editing of it. Can you give us maybe a tip or two about that? Um, well, you know, definitely. Um, I mean, look, I was talking before about what, where I would see like somebody's hands, a child's hands doing. Yeah. So directly after that in the edit would be the reaction, the, the face Mm -hmm. expression of that. Um, other ways that I, you know, I'll use details is anywhere where I feel like the storyline needs it. So mm-hmm. you know, if it's a, um, a wide shot of something happening and then a detail close up mm-hmm. of that um, same thing so that we get a feeling of where they are and then, mm-hmm. and who they are and then, what they're doing and how they're doing it. So it's really Mm -hmm. answering all those questions. Um, and, and then another way would be as transitions between Mm -hmm. scenes. So, you know, if I have a scene with a family indoors and then we're going outdoors, generally I will use some sort of B-roll from the second location to help me transition so that it's not just immediately going from, people inside to people outside it's sort of introducing that environment um and it doesn't have to be a wide shot of the location of where they are in fact most of the time for me it's not it's usually always close up um or you know like a tree blowing in the wind or something like a branch that I've hit or an airplane (laughs) (laughs) or a bird flying (laughs) Um, so that's what I usually do. And that just sort of helps tell us where we've gone, 
we've moved. Right. I feel like filmmaking is a lot of asking and answering questions. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, it is. That's exactly right. That's a great way to put it. It's a question. And you're, you're, you're answering the question for the viewer before they realize they had the question. It should be effortless when they see it, right? It should just, if it makes them like, like, what's the word for this? This start startle or whatever, or uh, it feels jumpy, then you probably have left something unanswered in your editing. Right. right. Like there should be no questions unless I, unless I like intentionally want there to be a question that I then answer. Yeah. And then that would be tension. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's for another, another episode. Later. For an episode. <laughs> I like, I like in when I, when I'm editing, I like using, um, sometimes not always, but sometimes introducing a detail shot of something um, as a transitional piece. So if we're all in the same living room, but a kid is playing on this side and then his brother or sister is playing on something else, if I want to switch to the other sibling, I'll use a detail of something that kid is doing to transition me to that kid next. And it works. It works still. We were on this other person. Then we use that small detail. Now we're on this next person. And it's, it, it, our brains go along with it when we see that visually. Mm -hmm. And it's another way of just, you know, creating more of that visual interest, introducing the character. And, you know, it's not just going from the same shot type, shot type of one kid to the same shot type of the next kid. Like, yes. Yeah. It's, it's a good, a very good tip for people to, to look for and do in their own films. So mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we wrap this up, we did have a question from one of our filming life members. Um, mm-hmm. so Leslie Plesser, can you let us know what, what was her question? Yeah, Leslie, thank you for the question. Um, She says, I've been shooting for about 10 years now. I'm getting to the point where a lot of my families now have 10 year olds, 11 year olds, 14 year olds, and it's not easy. How do you keep it creative in your business when you're hired again and again by clients with older kids? Mm. I love that question because it's so practical. (laughs) how do you keep it creative in your business when the families you started with, when you probably first started your business are still with you and they followed you along this journey and now they have older kids and how do you do that, Courtney? Well, you know, I think that it is so much about kind of not assuming that, you know, these kids still, um, you know, if you, if you still, if you see them, right, like they're friends, that's different. But if they are people who were your clients, uh, two years ago, or even a year ago, it's still different for a 10 year old than it was for a nine year old. Like, uh, Mm. like things are different. Um, they will have different interests. Kids, there's so much that changes in a kid's life over the course of a year. So I would just really reiterate that questionnaire and make sure. And I mean, I have had clients, I don't know if you've had this, but I've had clients who will just be like, skip the questionnaire because they think she already knows us really well. Oh, like, like they'll submit the questionnaire and not answer some of those questions. And you've got a mark required, required on your little. They are required (laughs) and they'll write in a. Oh, that's oh, tricky. They, they're not going to, and it's not because like, it's just like part late. It's like maybe part late yeah. part, just like, Oh, it's an assumption. It's like, Oh, she knows already, you know? Yeah. 
And I have to be like, uh, uh-uh, I don't know. You <laughs> need to fill this stuff in and, you know, really tell me because things have changed since I saw you last. And, you know, I really need to know what matters to you and what also matters to them. And I, and I think that, um, the advice that I can give to people who are working with teens is to just, you know, keep it as relaxed as possible, like set up expectations as much as you can in advance, really help, um, the parent know how to talk to their kid about it. Yes. That's going to set you up for success. Um, one of the things that I say, in my, um, in my email to the people, to the client is I say, please don't phrase this as a photo session. Like Mm. Courtney's coming to take photos of us or Courtney's coming for a photo session, phrase it like Courtney's coming and she's going to be taking pictures. She's going to have her camera with us, but it's going to be about us. If you can just like phrase it about what are the things that you are going to be doing. So we're going to do this, this, and this, and Courtney's going to come and you haven't met her before, but she's going to bring a camera and she's going to actually make a video of the things that we're doing together. I feel right. like that automatically sort of sets it up as being, you know, a funner thing. I don't know. A 14 year old might be <laughs> fun, but right. like getting into their mindset and each kid's different. Like some of them are fine with being in front of the camera and others are not. So yeah, for sure. Your advice. What do you reckon? Um, I have, I've, asked mom and dad to show, uh, teens, tweens, um, mm-hmm. films of mine. And I'll give them links. I have, a, I have two or three that are of solid teenagers. And I ask them, Hey, just show them this. Cause I already asked them to show dad that film or those films in general on my website, but I'm like, show them this. So they kind of know what, what this is going to be about. Cause maybe their impression of it is that they'll have to look at the camera. Like mom's been doing with them for years. Like they might just have a wrong impression. So I want them to just kind of see what it looks like to be in a film. And they're, they're old enough to understand that. And I, and like you said, I'm telling mom, Hey, I really want you to talk to, to kid and give them expectations up front. Um, I love the idea of, I used to be a high school teacher before I became a photographer and videographer. And, um, that age is amazing. And I love that age of student or kid, but they have their things. Um, they're into something typically they're into basketball or they're a musician or they're into gymnastics, whatever it is that there's their thing is, they're probably going to want to show it to me and have me capture it because who doesn't want to show what they're good at and, you know, and they're proud of what they've achieved in that. And so I tell that to mom, you know, I'd love to capture that for you if they're comfortable with it. And, and usually they want to, they want to show that. And that allows for a part in your film or your photos that you can cut away from a full family activity to that child doing that thing, whatever that is. And it can be really beautiful. And so I, I make sure I, I, I tell them that that's something that I am so okay with capturing. And so they know that ahead. Yeah. That's really good advice. All right. Well, I hope that answers your question, Leslie. Thank you so much for asking it. Um, Mm -hmm. And thank you guys for listening. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you, Allison, for Mm -hmm. all your wonderful tips and advice and sharing and all the things. Did you want to give the details code for our six film challenge people if they want to join? Oh, yes. Yes, we should do that. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have, um, you know, as part of the six film challenge, we, when, when are the films due? They're actually not due until January. January 10th, I believe. January 10th. So if you like 
the stuff that we're talking about, or you want to learn more, or you want to be involved, or you want to join us because you just think being a member would be really cool. We would love to have <laughs> you. And if you use the code details, all caps, then um, you're going to get $10 off your monthly membership and you should totally join us because we're a lot of fun. So we are fun. <laughs> And there's a lot of really great content in the Academy. Also that little detail. (laughs) Little detail. Um, So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Allison. It was so good to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you guys in the next episode.